everybody. Welcome to the Monster Baby Podcast. Hey, it's a curious romp through the worlds of mindfulness and improvisation. My name is Lisa Rowland. Oh, my name is Ted DeMaison. It's always like a surprise. surprise to be here. Like, I, who am it's like I? we knew we were doing this. I know. I just had a little inner <laughs> critic show up. He was he was judging me for being here. Okay. Uh, we have a super special. This is a super special episode. Yeah. Because we have a special guest, and her name is Denise Jacobs. Ted and I. Well, you know her from. I know her from Stanford. From Stanford. Yeah. And I know her from the Applied Improvisation Network. Cool. And then I met her because she came along on one of the retreats that we led mm-hmm. at the Zen Center down in whatever. I believe it was at Jacoji Zen Center. Jacoji Zen Center. And so we got we got to talking then. And she does awesome work around she calls herself a creativity evangelist. Speaker, motivator. Speaker, motivator, author, and is does a lot of work around creativity. What what locks our creativity up and how we can unlock it. Yeah, and so episode gets into that. It gets into fun, some fun experiences she's had. We, uh, it's a good a- chat. Ask some interesting questions for her. We went for a while, so settle in and you know spread it out. You don't have to take it all in at once. But hey, stay for the whole conversation because it's great. Enjoy. Well, we're here with Denise Jacobs. This is a, an illustrious occasion to have you uh, in we, the scene. We're recording. We're recording. Of great. course we're recording. Okay, cool. I didn't realize that we had started Cool. Already. We started. It kind of happens, you know, like you don't know, like kind of like life. You don't know that it's happening and then it's happening. And then it has happened. And then boom, you're in it. So yeah. you're in it. You're, in we're it. in it. You're in the flow. And I'm in it to win it. Welcome to it. You're going to win this podcast I'm episode. I'm going to win. <laughs> Champion. Champion. Yay. So Denise Jacobs. Yeah, welcome. Welcome to the cast. And you are, I think of you as being from Miami, which is where you most of the time live, <laughs> but you've been traveling the globe. I have been. In your last month, can you give us just a list of the itinerary cities? Yes. So <laughs> I started out in Miami. And then I went from Miami to Bucharest, Romania, mm-hmm. where I was for three days. Okay. And uh, we may get into that story later. We'll get into that story later. I left Bucharest, Romania, flew into LAX, and then uh, rode up to Carpinteria, California, near Santa Barbara. Uh, and we'll get that story, too. And then left Carpinteria, well, went back to LAX, flew to Las Vegas, was in Las Vegas for four days. Get a little gambling in. No, because okay. gambling is not my jam. Okay. Now, which I have a story about that, by the way. Great. Uh, <laughs> pile them up. Yeah, just pile them up, stack them up. And then uh, left Las Vegas, was leaving Las Vegas, hmm. left Las Vegas and came here to very sunny, surprisingly, yeah. San Francisco. Yeah, great. Yeah. Most excellent. Cool. I, I think of you as a jet setter. I, you know, I've had my moments. Yeah. I have my moments. Do you have, would you say, uh, multiple trips yearly where you're traveling all over the world? Yeah. 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 It's, it's actually, it's you, actually when I have like down moments where I'm spending a lot of time at home, it, I, you know, on the one hand, I, I like it because I'm just like, oh my God, I'm at home. And on the other hand, I get anxious. I'm just like, why am I not traveling? Yeah. Well, yeah. 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 Mm. So will you tell us just by, just to start what you 
what are you doing when you are traveling all over the world? Like, what are the things that you do? What brings you places and what do you do there? I'm a purveyor of creativity and a innovation. No, um, creativity. Actually, so I call myself a creativity evangelist. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. <laughs> well, uh, <laughs> and uh, so, uh, you know, with just a, a title that I, I chose back when people actually knew what tech evangelists were. Mm. Um, now people are like, is that something religious? And I'm like, no, it's, oh, no. I mean, unless you want to, you know, creativity is my spiritual practice. Right. Yeah. Uh, so I guess in a way, yes. So kind of, but not in the way kind that they're of, thinking. You're not per se. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I am a, a speaker, a keynote speaker, and an author, and a creativity evangelist. And so what I do is I go around, I keynote conferences, I consult with companies, I lead trainings and workshops on creativity and innovation, and specifically now, how to unleash or unblock creativity through silencing the inner critic. Great. Because with all the research that I've done over the last seven or eight years, um, what I've found is, is that creativity is a, is a process and it's a process where you can actually like, you know, have to some degree a beginning point. And if you do a certain number of steps, you will actually get to a point where you're more creative and you're like unblocking creativity. But what happens is, is that when people feel like they aren't creative or they're not able to have ideas flow and everything, it's because of the thoughts that they're thinking that are mm -hmm. limited thoughts around what they're capable of doing. Mm -hmm. So, and then that basically literally translates into the inner critic. So if somebody thinks I can't come up with ideas, I'm totally blocked. I'm not, you know, I'm creative. No I'm no creative, right. I'm no good at this. I'm not creative enough. You know, I work with Ted. Ted is so much more creative than I am. Um, it's gotta be good. It's gotta be perfect. I've gotta, you know, I don't have enough time. I mean, like all of these things and all of these, these thoughts that we produce when we're under pressure or when we're trying to be impressive, we're trying to do our best work, et cetera, um, really all come from the inner critic. Mm -hmm. And studies have shown, so I'm sorry, I'm geeking out here. Yeah, right? geek okay. out. That's what so um, you're like, that's what you're supposed to do. That's what we're that's why, that's why uh, you're Qualification, here. check. Check. Okay. So um, great TED talk by Charles Lim. Oh, not one of mine. Uh, and Ted's. <laughs> But the one that I'm referring mm -hmm. to is uh, Charles Lim's TED Talk, where he uh, studies people doing improvisation. Mm -hmm. It's called Your Brain on Improvisation. And he actually puts uh, improvisational jazz players into an MRI machine with a keyboard. Mm -hmm. And he goes back and forth and they play improvisational jazz together. And they also have hip hop artists. Mm -hmm. And Side note. Huh. Uh, coordinated that research with Anthony, Anthony Veneziali. Well, they did a later, a later one. A later one? It, yeah. Okay. Here in San Francisco. Cool. I don't think I don't think no, Anthony was part of the original, but okay. he came through San Francisco and put improvisers in an MRI's. Nice. Sweet. Yeah. And nice. so it shows that there's a part of the brain in the prefrontal cortex that's about self-evaluation, self-judgment, behavior modification, and everything. When that part of your brain quiets down and stops being so active, that's when these people, people are able to improvise and be creative and have all of these ideas flow and stuff like that. But as soon as you have that moment of self-doubt, mm -hmm. as soon as your brain starts producing these things, I have to be careful, I can't make mistakes, I can't blah, 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 then you can't access your creativity. Mm -hmm. And so I love the fact that it's like, if you can boil it down to science, sometimes it's easier for people to 
take it in. Where mm-hmm. I'm like, look, it's like it's in your brain. Can I, can I ask you a question about that? Yeah. Tell is, me it, that it gets, is it that it gets shut down completely mm-hmm. or that it gets limited or constricted? It's not even limited or constricted. It's just not as active. Okay. It's not active. Okay. And the, that and the other parts of your brain are more active. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I just like, I love that because it's just like when that part of your brain is active and that when you're in like one of those things where you're just like, you're totally blocked, it's because that part of your brain is like, it's ah! overactive. It's overactive. Mm-hmm. So if exactly. you can just put it to sleep for a little if while, you just, just send it for a nap. If you could just tell it, if you yeah. could just like tell with a tranquilizer it, dart. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If you could just tell it to simmer down now. Yeah. Simmer down just, now. Just cool your jets. Simmer. Yeah. Then, right. Then you can do that. And so one of the thing that one... The part of what I do is I teach people ways to get their brains to simmer down. Cool. That part of their brain. Oh, yeah, 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 great. Um, and to also stimulate the other parts of your brain that you want to do that. So, you know, with my with my book, Banish Your Inner Critic, it's all about, you know, the different ways that the inner critic shows up, whether it's being super, um, being afraid of being judged by other people mm-hmm. and then having that block you mm-hmm. or being highly critical of yourself and highly critical of what you do or believing that you're not creative or feeling like you're deficient some way shape or form like i'm not good enough etc or um comparing yourself to other people Mm -hmm. and one of the things i love about this what you're proposing or what you're saying is true you're not really proposing it uh is that if if this stuff gets out of the way we get these voices out of the way we're all naturally creative it's just like this is part of being human this is what we do boom is that on target boom shakalaka yeah (laughs) yes exactly and that's that's the thing that you know and that's the other thing that and that's why i call you know in a lot of ways i call myself a creativity evangelist because i'm like i'm spreading the good word amen Mm -hmm. can i get an amen amen well Um, so I'm, I really trying to spread the good word about creativity. And part of that is, is that we all are creative and that we are naturally creative and that we also, um, and this kind of plays into the mindfulness aspects of things that we have more control of our brains and more control of our perceptions and emotions and everything than we believe that we do or that we've been taught to Mm. and that when you start to have a more mindful approach and when you start to use self-compassion and you combine that together it actually activates neuroplasticity which actually changes your brain and actually puts you in a place where you can actually you can be more creative makes it all easier makes it all easier so it's a major growth mindset thing right so it's moving from this this idea of listen i'm just not that kind of person i'm not a creative person i don't do creativity i'm Whatever side brain it, it is. Right. Right. It's le- left side brain. Left it's not true. Well, oh, that's the true. left side that's brain. Left is analytical, blah, blah, blah. It's not true. It's anyway. not true. Okay, great. Uh, and, and move from that place to, wait a minute, it's in there, and I just got to find the right key. Not only that, but the other thing that I'm really, you know, very keen on helping people get in touch with is, you know, shifting the, the conversation and saying the, the question is not, Am I creative? That is not the question. Mm -hmm. Because the answer is, yes, you are. (laughs) So let's move on to the next question. And the next question is, how am I creative? Mm. Not if, but how. Mm -hmm. So maybe it is that you're like super gifted at organizing people. 
you're not, you know, there's such a narrow view of what creativity is. They think it's the arts, it's visual arts, or it's writing, or it's dance, or yeah, it's music. Yeah, you create an act of art. But that's, but that's not creativity. Creativity is bringing something new into being. That could be science, that can be, you know, a theorem, a postulate, that could be a new way of, a new process, that could be a podcast that could be, you know, mm -hmm. improvising is very, you know, not that we didn't think it was creative, but you know, it's a, this kind of thing. Like there's so many things, building a company, creating a company in all kinds of stuff that is incredibly creative, mm -hmm. but that people dismiss because it's not art, mm -hmm. quote unquote. Yeah. Do, do you, you mentioned someone who's skilled at organizing. That makes me ask the question, can't you be good at something without being creative? That like is I, a like very I'm, good I'm proficient at organizing, or I'm, I'm really skillful at it, but I'm not necessarily putting together new ways of doing it. I'm just going by a system and doing it really, really doing effectively. very well and, and disciplined at that. Yeah, system. and I do think that there's okay. So I will say yes. That is there is a difference, and I think it's kind of in a lot of ways it's kind of the spirit of it, and I also think it kind of also has to do with like joy and flow. Mm. Mm. Um, I like this, okay. And so. Um, you know, one of the one of the exercises that I do a lot with my audiences and with my workshop attendees and whatnot trainings is try to get them in touch with where they get into a flow state. But to, to like help people, because it's more like reflective. Like think back at mm -hmm. a time, and you could actually we could actually do this. Think to uh, back to a time where you've lost time, where you've done something that was so enjoyable and so pleasurable that like hours went by and you barely noticed. Mm -hmm. Or even that time stretched out and minutes went by and it felt like a long time mm -hmm. where you um, forgot to use the bathroom, you forgot to eat, you, you know, like you didn't want it to stop. Yeah. And you were so deeply Im immersed and enmeshed in the process that you were just in this uh, phenomenal flow state. Yeah. And I usually say, okay, if you can identify some points, sometimes in your life where that happens, that there's that's a really good chance that that is one of the places where you're creative, and not only where you're mm. creative, but that you almost that you have a level of genius or brilliance uh -huh. to you. Fascinating. Yeah. Super I'm cool. Th I'm thinking of usually those times for me are when I'm doing something related to color, or sort, you know, sorting something, or word, or playing a game like I can play a game and get lost and I can play games for hours or doing a puzzle yeah but there's also this quality that I'm, I'm fascinated by these two things being so close together that sometimes it's got this obsessive quality or like maybe I'm somewhere on the Asperger's spectrum and like I'm I'm lost I'm out of time but it's because I'm like so you're caught. It's like a compulsion. Yeah, and I and I had both of these things when I was working on my book. Mm. Sometimes I'd be writing and I'd be like, I'm in a groove. I'm going. But then there are other times I'd be like, I want to finish four chapters today, and I'm just I got to get this done because yeah. it's and a different thing is mode. It's not the intrinsic joy of doing it. It's like this. But there was need. Yeah, it almost sounds like there's the intrinsic joy though of the completion. That's right, and and mm. there's there's something that hook to it that feels compulsive also has a joy. Like, I mean, I'm liking it. Mm -hmm. I don't want to stop, but it's not quite creative. So it's a really subtle distinction. But yeah. you were writing and you were creating. Well, and some of them, it was just sort of editing. Like, I'm going to go through and find all of the, I'm going to go through for every subheading and decapitalize it. Mm -hmm. And I'm just go, 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 look each one. And I'm just working my way through and I lose time because 
it's going to take me three hours to do that. Yeah. And then also maybe part of your brilliance is being able to find that detailed stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, like that's that's part of your... Uh, yeah, so okay, that is an example of it. it might be brilliant, but not creative. True. Right? To cull through each one and take out the capital letters. Mm-hmm. Eh, a robot could do it. True. A non-creative robot. But I like it. So anyway, I'm just yeah. just kind of using this, this little fine line here. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Creativity, obsession... You know, yeah, maybe they go together somehow. I'm like, and I'm like, I'm for all that stuff. <laughs> Sign me up. I'm pro. I'm pro. I'm pro. Yeah. I am pro creativity. I'm into it. Slash obsession. Yeah. Slash obsession. <laughs> I really like that line right between them. It's mm-hmm. a tasty place. Let's just let's just like let's just <laughs> just sit on that. Line <laughs> Seems like a lot of really creative people have that Absolutely. quality to them. Yeah. Absolutely. They get lost in things. Yeah. So wow. Okay. That's my story and I'm sticking with it. I like it. I, I like the evangelist's word, you know, because I think of it in Christian times. I think the first evangelist just means spreading good news. Exactly. Like, you know, Paul, the first Christian evangelist going all across the Mediterranean, like, traveling, Yo, starting all these communities. Like, hey, I got, you won't believe you this. You believe this it. is some new dope stuff. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what is this? Dope ass? Dope, dope ass, ass blanket. Things. Yeah, uh, I have a the question that comes up for me is like, well, of course, the, of course, the million dollar question is like, okay, so how do we turn off these these pieces that that are that are blockers? Well, <laughs> as a matter of fact, there's this fantastic book. As she caresses a copy of her book on the table. Right. Okay, so we got that one. You were gonna we were gonna say another. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah, the second part of it is I'm interested in your personal, like how, how because there's learning. I've, I've been listening to Brene Brown, reading Brene Brown a lot cool. recently. Mm. Fancy that. Yeah. <laughs> I know. We have a story about she that. She features in a story. But one of the things she said is, I'm great at researching this and I'm learning a lot of really powerful things and I'm not super good at doing them. Like, I don't love vulnerability. It's not, <laughs> I don't, I'm not into it. I, I know I need to do it and I, ha- and I understand the tools that get me to, get me to where I, I, you know, where I can sort of productively be. But there's a difference between knowing things and, and applying them or having them be strengths or whatever. And I, I wonder how this stuff has shifted how it shows up in your experience mm-hmm. and like what is most mm-hmm. relevant for you? Mm-hmm. When do you feel most creative and what is your, like what's your chosen blocker? You mm-hmm. know, like what you're in a critic. What does that voice sound like for you? Oh, we going to, we going to go there. Okay. <laughs> we going to go there. This is no ordinary podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. So the first question, the first part of the, the first question that you asked is there are a lot of ways to, you know, slice this up. There are a lot of, there's a lot of ways to unblock yourself, lots of different tools. And one of the things that I, you know, kind of the, I wouldn't say the premise of the book, but one of the things that I put forth in the book is like the inner critic shows up in a lot of different ways. Mm -hmm. Right. And that the, for every different way that it shows up, you kind of need a, you know, a toolkit, a slightly different weapon, a slightly, yeah, a slightly different, I was going to say arsenal, but that was like, that's like so aggressive. And then I said weapon. Uh, and then you said weapon. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I guess it's okay. An arsenal <laughs> of tools, right. To, to be able to, 
deal with it. I'm like I'm like thinking chemistry, like a neutralizer, a yeah, diffuser, right? A, like an enzyme based, you know, <laughs> a beanbag to absorb its right, okay. right. Oh, I like that. It's a weapon over here, and it's a it's a beanbag it's over a bean there. Bag. <laughs> yeah. Just have your arsenal. I'll have my pillow vault. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Your your right. foam. Your perfect. Your D uh, foam pit. Your mm-hmm. foam pit. So um, so so there's a lot of different ways, and you know. Like I said, just depending on how it shows up, if it if it is judgment, if it's criticism stuff, then I've got like a bunch of different tools. And so like, you know, we can come out if you can ask me like, what about if this happens? Then I'm like, you can do this in terms of what in my own personal life. So before I talk about like my own how it shows up for me, which is basically all of the ways, which is why I wrote the book. Uh, right, right. I mean, I wrote the book in a lot of ways because um because I was struggling so much with my mm-hmm. own inner critic. And I'm going to tell you a story. Okay, great. So. Once Cuddle a, up, children. That's right. Come come closer, children. Get a dope-ass blanket. That's right. Get, get a dope-ass blanket. <laughs> I'm going to tell you a story. Um, and so, so once upon a time in 2009, I was writing my first book, The CSS Detective Guide. And. Basically, the first two days that I had slated to write my book, I literally spent on the couch crying, like not wow. and not like 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 oh, boo-hoo, oh. <laughs> not like, I wasn't, yes, I wasn't dabbing tears. Yeah. You know, I was like ugly crying, crying, ugly crying, yeah. snot running down my face, like Wail, you know, like wailing. Couldn't get up, you know, like you, you know that when baby like kids start are crying and they're trying to walk and they walk super slow. Like I was, that was that, I was that level of crying. Yeah. I couldn't function. I spent about four hours each day crying, and then I would get myself up, get myself together, and I'd get to my computer and I put my fingers on the keyboard, and then I'd start crying again. And I'd go back to the couch. <laughs> wow. And it was because in my head, in my head was like playing this like super dope inner critic mixtape, which was just like, you can't do it. (laughs) You can't do it, you suck. Who do you think you are? You can't do it, you suck. You can't do it, you suck. This shouldn't be your book. You can't do it, you suck. And so so I was just like, turn off the mixtape. I do not want to dance to the song. Um, And yet it was just playing. And so I actually reached out to this um, women's in in tech networking group that I was part of, uh, like in Seattle, you know, that I had left, but I was still part of it through email. And I was like, I'm freaking out. Like, I feel like I'm not good enough. I don't know enough. It shouldn't be my book. What if people think I'm, you know, dumb? What if people judge me? I'm a failure. I'm not a good enough designer. And got a lot of really great support. And then I sent an email out to a whole bunch of other women that I knew in tech. And they all gave me lots of love and support. And so finally, you know, like on the third day, I was like, you know what? I got like a super aggressive schedule. I don't have time to be crying for 72 (laughs) years. Let's like just start doing this. And then I sat down to do research. You know, like this, where you just like look up articles on the web and you print them out and you read them. Like, yeah. I'm crying for two days because I think I can't do research. Like, what? <laughs> it's like ridiculous. So, anyway, for nine months, I obviously, I didn't make my deadline of four and a half months to write a 250 page book. I wonder why. Mm. Um, so, over the course of nine months, Almost every day, 
my inner critic was like, good morning, I have some coffee for you. I guess we're going to write tonight, guess today or not. or not. And I was just like, shut up, I have work to do. Did it have that cheerful voice? No. Well, yeah. Kind of like it, my inner critic is kind of like one of like like a Stepford wife. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, she's she's, she's kind of like like pinafore, like really small waist, like perfect you know, dress. Perfectly ironed. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like like a like a librarian, perfect Stepford wifey type of wow, okay. person. Mm-hmm. She, I, she, I think she says yeah, and so she's just like good morning. You're awful. Oh my god. Uh-huh. What are you so Isn't you're gonna cute? fail again today? Isn't it cute that you think you can write a book? Oh my god. I, like I wish you were good enough for this. <laughs> mm. Too bad you're not. I know. It's gonna be sad. You're not gonna get much done today. Wow. But that's okay. Here's your coffee. Yeah. <laughs> um and so so I had this like every day and finally it just got so bad after about four months that I Took a break from writing. I was like, shut up, bitch. I'm trying to, you know, do my thing. And so I went and I looked up um, how to overcome self-doubt and just found all of these articles and then ended up coming across this article that had a sentence in it that said, um, banish your inner critic to Madagascar. (laughs) Madagascar? To Madagascar in search of lemurs. And I was just like, banish your inner critic. That is such a great... Thing. And Ban- that, banished. and that, from that point on, I kind of kept thinking about banishing your inner critic. That started in two thousand nine. Like, out, banish, out, 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 bye, off you go. Nope, exile. You out. are not here. Yeah. And so, um, and so, when I finally finished the book, I was designing the website for the book because the book was on websites, so I couldn't not make my own website for the book. Like you know, you know how that goes. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so I was doing that and then I got into this insane, amazing flow state and I started working on, I was doing the mock-up in Photoshop cause that was the time when you could still do that. And uh, I was doing the mock-up in Photoshop and I just got in this amazing flow state. I had jazz on, I was just doing, I was moving things around and like that lasted until like five in the morning. And when I finally woke up, like I went to sleep, I was like buzzing, had so much energy running through my body and was so energized and, and like just motivated and everything. It was just phenomenal. And I felt like I was in love, mm-hmm. like with myself and with what I was capable of wow. and everything. And I had not felt, and you can imagine, the previous full nine months before that, mm-hmm. I didn't have that. Really not no. that feeling. And it was like like night, and it was like a light switch went on. And I woke, you know, I slept for a couple of hours, and then I got up, and I was so excited, and I was like, this is the best feeling I've ever had in my entire life. I want to help other people feel like this. Nice. And I called my mom, and I was like, Mom, I know what I want to do with my life. I want to help people unleash their creativity and she was like okay i was like i was on like and then i was like it's like i'm spreading the gospel of creativity like i'm a creativity evangelist and then that's where that came from so long story short when i kind of did a uh or long story not as long because it's a long story i realized that but it's a a good one at the end of a long story in conclusion (laughs) in summation um basically what I realized, especially with a little bit more distance and perspective from it, is that the reason I had that amazing flow state was because my inner critic was silent. Finally, for the first time in nine months, I did not have, am I a good designer? Mm-hmm. What are people going to think? 
is this any good? Am I any good? You know, I'm not, not talented enough. This is going to look stupid. Like there was none of that. I was just designing and I loved what I was doing and I was so into it. And there was no question in my mind of whether it was good enough. It just was. Mm -hmm. I just wanted to see like what it could be. Mm -hmm. And and I thought, oh my God, if well, I can just help people get to that place where they are in love with what they're capable of doing and where they, like, they're not questioning themselves. You know, like, what could we do if we stopped questioning ourselves? Mm -hmm. That's a great question. Right? I, I'm curious, Lisa, do you feel like you're, you have a strong inner critic? Well, have you trained yourself out of it? She's like, a what? <laughs> well, what's, what's an inner critic? <laughs> no, I have it all the time. Uh-huh. All the time. In, in what shape? Well, my inner critic looks like uh, the when Ursula the Sea Witch becomes evil Vanessa in Little Mermaid. Mm -hmm. Okay. Vanessa, I haven't, I haven't right? seen it. She's can't a, remember. I think her yes. name is Vanessa. Maybe I've just made her name Vanessa because that seems like a. We'll apologize mean to any Vanessas to in the podcast yeah. crowd. Uh, sorry, yeah, all Vanessas. I'm sure you're lovely, um, but she looks like that. She looks like the evil when Ursula becomes and steals Prince Eric. She looks a little bit like that. Uh, but my my inner critic is like, who do you think you are that you think you have something to offer people? Mm -hmm. Who are you? Right. Why would anybody want to hear what you have to say? Or like, or or, like. Is it a kind of stay in your lane or pipe down or? It mostly comes up when I, when I, like for sure when I go abroad to teach. Yeah. Mm. For sure. Interesting. Oh yeah. What international audience would want to hear you? Yeah. Who, yeah. Uh -huh. Like what, a, you don't even know how to improvise. You hardly even know how to improvise. What are you going to tell people that they don't right. already know? Because you've only been doing it for what? 20, 20, 20 years. Right. Clearly, yeah. clearly your inner critic yeah. needs a fact, fact check. Fact check. <laughs> but it, but, but. You should just be like, excuse me, fact check. <laughs> Back uh, check on aisle nine. Been doing this for twenty five years. Oh, great. Thank okay, you. good. Thank okay. you. Thank you. Uh, yeah. Huh. So that's and, the that's and, the main one. And you had some of that, if I may say so, when we started the podcast too. Like, oh yeah. Why would we even do a podcast? Like, why would anybody want to hear us talk about just like the random shit in our minds and like how we think about life? <laughs> right. And I started it in spite of that. That didn't really feel it. It was. It was. Uh, it didn't feel like a lack. Well, maybe it's the same thing. It, I didn't experience it as, as like a as like a crushing lack of confidence. It was just like, a, I'm not sure anybody wants to listen to us chat. Mm -hmm. And you were like, well, that's okay. Let's do it anyway. And I was like, all right. And I, and that's why almost to this day, when I meet somebody who's like, hey, I love the podcast. I'm like, really? <laughs> you listen to it? Even though all the numbers, yeah. people, we know people listen to it. Yeah. But it still is like, wow, cool. Yeah. I kind of feel like that whenever somebody goes, I got your book. And I'm like, shut up. Yeah. <laughs> what? Yeah. You, you, you did? You read it? Did and, you I, somebody, and I enjoyed did you, it. Do you know my mom? Again? Is that right? right? Yeah. It's, it's like, right? how do you? Yeah. And my mom is like, this is my baby. She's a motivational speaker. I'm like, you're like, uh-huh. Okay. Yeah. okay. Um, and she'd be like, and she, and she just went to Romania. Yeah. And, and, and look, I made a sheet with pictures. <laughs> And so this is her on the stage. This is your mom laying on the Oh, my mom. Bless yeah. her heart. So proud. I don't... See, I... This is an interesting question, and I've had this question since I was with you when you were writing your book and sort of working on the final stages of it. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure I have a strong inner critic. That's awesome. And, <laughs> That's and I'm, great. And I'm wondering why not, or if it's just that I'm 
not buried, but I like the the harsh voices that I know that so many people have for themselves don't play in my head. They're uh-huh. like, that you suck, you're not worth it. You Some of that I attribute to white male privilege. Like I've been told that I matter. I've been told that my voice is going to count. Mm-hmm. You know what I have to say is important, right? So right. some what of this it, bro right here says. Yeah. <laughs> some of it I attribute to that, and some of it I attribute to my mom when I was a kid, Showering really you with, supporting my creativity. Yeah. Like you're, you're fantastic. You're intelligent. You're great. But then I say, so then I say, okay, so what is it that gets in the way of my achieving the things I want to achieve? Mm. And it's like a distractor or a saboteur like I have more of an inner saboteur I feel like than an inner critic mm. but what does your inner saboteur does do because I would potentially argue that they are the same person yeah that's what this is what I'm kind of trying to tease out here a gremlin because it's more like well maybe we just go play a game over here it'll yeah. just take five minutes and you like wonder what's behind that like what interest right. does that saboteur have in distracting you from doing the thing you want right. to do is like, it what's just that it's Hitting some dopamine lever and like I'm the pigeon pressing the button and getting the little you know, nubbit of food. Nubbit. Nubbit? Is that nubbit. even a word? I like it. Nubbit, nugget. Nugget, nubbit, nugget, nubbit. I do this all nubbit. the time. I do this all the time. Uh, in any case, yeah, I just like press the lever and I get like, okay, great, like flashing lights. Woo. Uh, um, or why, why do I want to follow the Golden State Warriors? It's like, you know, okay, here it is. I think partly it's numbing yes that it's painful for me oftentimes if i stay present and i stay open to what's happening and i even stay creative it's painful it brings up sadness or grief or or vulnerability vulnerability and, and so it's like i need to just quiet numb, that numb out. but it's not a critic that says you can't do it it's, it's just, it's just it hurts too much but so what hurts? That's the point. That's yeah, the thing that I'm curious about. Like, know. what hurts? I mean, because, you know, with cognitive behavior, behavioral therapy and stuff like that, there's always a thought before a feeling, right? So there's some thought that, that precedes the sadness the or the grief or whatever. And so my question is, what's that thought? Yeah. Interesting question. Right. Because uh, yeah. what are you trying to numb yourself from? Because you would think that being in that place, all that creativity and stuff coming up, that would be pleasurable. Mm-hmm. So there's some, I mean, my interpretation, just listening through my, you know, my inner critic lens and stuff like that, is that there's some fear or there's some something that you're trying not to feel and that's why you're numbing yourself. Yeah, it might be that the, the pleasure itself is mm. scary. Right, kind of like you can only handle so much ecstasy. So it's that's often referred to as an upper limits problem. Mm. Have you ever heard of that? Mm-mm. No. So it's but it sounds you, like something I would be familiar. I would be familiar with. Right. So it's um, you know that you can kind of only handle a certain kind of level of joy mm-hmm. or ecstasy or whatever. Certain that's your amplitude. upper limit. Yeah. And once you get to the kind of you start to get to that ceiling, you're just like, okay, let's like tone it down because like I don't know if I can. Like a microphone clipping out. Mm-hmm. I don't know what's going to happen if I right if, if I go past of that. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So in the last in a couple of years, I don't know why it has been in the last couple of years, but I feel like my inner critic has started to voice itself. Oh, mm-hmm. really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So for most of my life, I thought I don't even know if I have this inner critic that people talk about. But in the last couple of years, like, oh, 
there it shows up. Yeah, mm-hmm. the last couple of years are the years you wrote your book. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So you're like, hey, I got a thing to say, world. Like, I'm gonna, th- I'm gonna throw my thing out there. Yep. Yep. And it, and it was more like, oh, my appearance. I'm partly it's I'm aging. Like, oh, I'm getting older. Like, oh, my, I, my eyes do this, or my ears do this, or like my body hairs like whatever the thing is like there's something wrong with me yeah. body hairs body hairs all of them <laughs> inner critic all, like all really you're gonna let that grow <laughs> you know whatever the <laughs> whatever the thing is but yeah the, the way I look or the way I talk or I'm trying to now that uh, this is maybe the way I kept the inner critic quiet was to not be big uh-huh if I just sort of play in my small field I'm fine I'm good yeah. I'm, I'm, I can work this. Yeah. And if I'm trying to be bigger, now it's like... You're putting more skin in the game. Some of the like, well, who are you to think you could mm-hmm. be on a stage with John Kabat-Zinn? Or, yeah. I, and part of me is like, of or course Brene I could Brown. be on a stage with John Kabat-Zinn. Or Brene Brown. Or Brene Brown. Shall we? Yeah. <laughs> Shall we talk about Brene Brown? Fun to, fun to play around with that. Thank yeah, you for super indulging that. Yeah, yeah, that's really interesting. Yeah. And the idea of, if yeah, yeah you don't risk anything, then you're not... then. Yeah, there's nothing to... Right. There's nothing to lose. The yeah, critic doesn't need to come out. Your critic... Ha- right, exactly. It's kind of you're, sated. You're not, it's like sitting there having a beer. Like, did my work for the day. Yeah, no, no, yeah. <laughs> I kept this mother... More beer nuts. ...from taking any risks. Yeah. We're good. Yeah, yeah, more beer nuts, please. Nachos. Ten, ding, 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 ding. That's right. Mm-hmm. All right, cool. All right, so we, we got a Brene Brown story. We got a Brene Brown story. So, this is what happened was like for me like uh you know and i send um like condolences to Brene for what you know what was happening but she had a um i was slated to speak at a conference in romania next year in bucharest great conference called brand minds and this year they had a fantastic lineup with guy kawasaki and grant cardone and um, and Brene Brown and uh, the guy who wrote influence um, robert caladini which i keep feeling like i i I'm not pronouncing his last name correctly, but I'm doing the best I can. And uh, and the guy who wrote *Sapiens*, Yuval mm-hmm. Noah Harari, mm-hmm. and um, and then this extraordinarily lovely man um, who I wasn't familiar with, but met him, and I was just like, "And you're going to be my new best friend, um, Hitendra Wadra, <laughs> um, fantastic guy." And so that was the lineup for this year. It's one day. It's six people. I mean, super, you know, like, like we're going to get like the best speakers in the world and we're going to bring them to Romania Wow, type of deal. And then I was stoked as I was like, y'all going to have me on the stage next year. <laughs> yeah, cool. <laughs> so I was super excited. Yeah. And then a uh, week before last, I was uh, finally getting my Avengers Endgame in after having prepped for it for a full month, watching all of the Marvel Universe, comic universe movies wow. in order. From the beginning of April. That's impressive. Yeah, it was. It was. It was like it's a I, project. I put it in. I yeah. put in the time. Yeah. I was like forty-five hours of Marvel movies. Yeah, it's it's on. Yeah. Um. So I finally went to the Jesus. show and then uh, checked my phone afterwards. It was like twelve thirty midnight, and saw that I had gotten a call, missed call from the conference organizer, and I was like, oh my god. Like first thought was, oh my god. Does he not want me to come next yeah, year? Taking me off the I mean, like, oh my God, that's why they haven't signed out contract yet. There's that inner critic, yeah. Right. It just gonna go wrong. In. And then I looked at my email and he, he said, hey, we have like an issue. And, you know, unfortunately, Brene has to cancel because uh, there's like a family issue going on. It's very, it's very important. And um, so we're wondering if you would 
subs for her and fill in. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, am I, am I being punked? Like, what? <laughs> What's happening? Are there cameras? It's not right. recorded. What's happening? You were in Miami cool. at this time. I was in Miami at the movie theater. And so I called him. He didn't pick up. I was just like, I don't know, my pacing and I'm like, heart's pounding and stuff. And finally, uh, he calls me and I missed it because my phone's on do not disturb. And finally, we connect. And I was just like, so I was like, what's, what's going on? He was like, oh, we just, we didn't even plan for this contingency. And that's for this year. I mean, that, this was that like two ha- weeks two ago. Two weeks ago. This was on May, this was like May 8th. No, May 7th was Tuesday. Was Tuesday, May 7th? I was on an airplane on May 8th. The conference was to Bucharest. Bucharest. The conference was on the 9th. I mean, I'm sorry, on the 10th. So, like, I literally had, like, I needed to get there on the 9th so that I could be there. Or, like, it's close, you know, it was late. And you're losing hours as you go. Yeah. Jet lag. Right, right, right. Jet lag time, yeah. So, anyway, long story short, finally got the cat sitter lined up the dog folks and this and left the keys and did a video of how to turn off the alarm and all the things and and so you know at eight o'clock in the evening i'm at the airport ready to fly ready to fly and fill in for brene brown when you when you skip forward this is incredible when you skip forward to this thing you're speaking at this event how were you received Oh, like, were, were, did people so it was, give you any like resistance? Like, you're not Brene Brown, kind of. Well, mm. it was really cool because you know, like, I talked to the organizer, and he was like, "Okay, we like we we want to like make sure that we position this and not say that you're replacing like like more like you're you know a creativity expert." I was like, "Check, I'm that person," and that you you know you're coming to be here as a special guest and mm-hmm. all this stuff. And I was like, cool, dope, great, love it. So that's what they did. They were like, so great. We're having her come from Miami, our special guest, blah, blah, blah. You know, like, we're so sad to tell you that, like, you know, she had to cancel. And, um, but, you know, we have this great treat for you. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it was wonderful because I didn't obviously have a lot of time to prepare mm-hmm. ahead of time. And I have, a, you know, a lot of content that I, but I was still trying to put together kind of the right mix of stuff for this audience, which was a business audience. Um, you know, a lot of people were kind of like higher up in organizations and, um, and 4,200 people. Mm-hmm. Like, whoa, 4,200. The in an auditorium is totally sold out and the whole, they, the, the whole, auditorium every seat everything film pretty much is that awesome. the is that a, a biggest biggest, that biggest audience, audience. wow wait man. phenomenal i love that we're getting you right off of this like yeah huge fresh career, off the yeah like, shifting thing so anyway landed at about 12 30 or 1 in the morning on friday morning we got to the hotel got there slept for three hours Worked on my presentation. They come, came, picked me up, took me over to the venue at, at twelve, and I was on stage at one thirty. And uh, wee! Oh my! And God. Uh, walked out there, and you know, like you know, in my so my inner critic was just like, you have to like this is such a big deal, and you have to do the thing and be perfect, and uh, you can't make mistakes, and mm. you have to make a good impression. And I was like, simmer down. This is what's this is what's up. I was like, haven't got hardly any time to prepare. I was like, I am gonna do the best I can. Mm-hmm. I was like, I'm gonna do the best I can with my content. I got some dope ass content. Mm-hmm. I was like, this is really useful stuff. I think it'll be really useful for the audience. You know, and so try to we tell it. So I, don't so I was you. like, I don't, I don't, need, I don't need you being all stuff. up in my all up in my grill yeah. right now. We could talk about it later. Yeah. 
We can uh, talk about it later. We, we talk will about talk about this will, later. That's right. Wait till your father gets home. Yeah. Um, and so, and so, I basically just like kept telling myself, I was like, "This is going to be great. This is going to be great. Like, I'm so excited, and this is going to be great." Yeah. And so, when I went out on the stage and you know walked out there, but first of all, I love stages. I mean, you, you guys, you guys know you. And I know it's odd, but as I walked out, I, like I kind of put a. I did like a yeah. kind of pre thing, and I was like, "This is be- this is gorgeous." I was like, "Oh my god, I'm so excited!" Yeah. I was like, "Just the stage, just just the stage, and the whole thing." I was like, "This, <laughs> this is gonna be great." Be dope. And so when I walked out on the stage, my main goal was to connect with the audience, was to like really like nice. get a like you know quick strong connection uh, with them, and really just kind of get them on board with me, and so mm-hmm. that I could get them on board with the message. And, um, and it just, you know, it was, it was crazy. I had 50 How, minutes. How'd you do the connection? I, I just do what I do. But like, did you go up and like look around or, but, you, you know, like I went and I was just like, how are you guys doing today? Mm-hmm. I made a joke. I was just like, I heard there was an extraordinarily long line for the Nespresso <laughs> machine. So you guys are like, you've eaten, you're well caffeinated. <laughs> like, you, are you guys, I was like, are you ready for this? And they were like, yeah. And I was like, all right, let's do it. Yeah. Let's go. So you just did a little, yeah, a little banter. A little, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, and then I like launched in there. I have never had 50 minutes go so fast mm. that I mean, I, you know, I wouldn't say like I left my body or anything like that, but it was like, I was just so in the content. I was so into just being there and can like connecting with them and sharing the information. I, you know, between all of us and the people listening, uh, <laughs> I went over about five minutes mm-hmm. for okay. over my time. Uh, Cause they had like a timer clock on the, the confidence monitor and I would, I looked at it, but it was like somehow or another, it didn't register to me. Like I looked at it, it at one point. No, but it was like, <laughs> I looked at it and I, and it said 38 minutes. And I was like, is, is it, is to it go? counting down? Is it exactly. Counting down? Is it I was down? like, yeah. is it telling me how far I am into it? Or is right. it, is right. it counting? Is it telling me how much I have left? And I was like, I don't know. And I felt like based on where I was in the content that it meant how much time I had left, but it was how much time had passed. <laughs> so I'm a professional. Yeah. Um, and so, um, well, so five minutes is not so, like not so egregious. That's not horrible. There was like, and this is like big, it's like, bah, bah, like red, like you are four minutes over. I was like, wrap this up. <laughs> um, and so, but it was so amazing because I actually like, <laughs> I had one thing where I called out somebody in the audience and I, it was really funny. These two women were sitting together. One had dark brown hair. The other one was blonde. And, um, and I, and I was like, you know, I was looking at her. She was like nodding and stuff like that. I was like, great. Got eye contact. Cool. And I was like, okay, what's your name? And the one with the dark hair was like me. And I was like, no, no, your friend next to you. <laughs> she was like, oh, and I was like, well, that was probably harsh. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. I didn't mean, could have been yours. It could have been you. It didn't matter. No, no. But, and I talked to them afterwards and they thought it was funny. So yeah. it was great. Um, but, um, it was just, it was just lovely. I did a, an exercise, which I will be I'm happy to show you, tell to, to, to you guys about. So I, I have an exercise that I do where I um, use it to help people see how they can um, choose their thoughts uh-huh. and they can shift their thoughts from negative thoughts to positive thoughts. Uh-huh. So what I have everybody do is that you hold your hands up in front of your face yeah, like this with your palms facing you. And just focus, put all your focus on your left hand, for example, and just put all your focus, like look at the lines in your hands, look at all of the colors and the shape and everything. 
And while you're doing that, imagine that your left hand is holding all of the self-critical thoughts that you have. I'm not good enough. I don't, I'm not creative enough. I don't come up with good ideas, et cetera, et cetera. And just put all your focus on your left hand. And then after a certain period of time, just slowly shift your focus from your left hand to your right hand. And then put all of your focus on your right hand. Look at the shape and the colors and everything. And all of that. And then imagine that your right hand is holding all the positive, self-supportive thoughts you want to be thinking. Mm -hmm. You're great. You come up with great ideas. You're going to nail this presentation, et cetera, et cetera. Now, do you care about, is your left hand still there? Mm -hmm. do you, are you paying attention to it? Or do you really care about it now that you're focused on your right hand? No. And that, my friends, is how you realize how easy it is, how much mm -hmm. easier it is to focus on your, on different thoughts. Yeah. Well, it sounds like when you were, when you were a couple of times, this thought has come to me, which is, which is you get to choose what you respond to. You get to choose what you respond to. So right. you were going into this, right, this, this gig, which was very high, high stakes, stakes and like intense and high profile and prestige and like all these names and da, 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 ripe for inner critic being like, who do you think mm -hmm. you don't belong here? Mm -hmm. They didn't even want you. You're just filling in for somebody who's way more, you know, I mean, I, I this yeah, is yeah, what yeah, my yeah. voice would be telling me. And then the way you were like, oh, but the stage is beautiful and I get to talk to all these people and I love stages and I love talking to people. And yeah. so it's just like, well, why don't I just respond to that stuff instead of this other exactly. stuff? Mm -hmm. And you know, and then I also was just like, first of all, this is what I do. This is no, I was like, this is no different than any other speaking engagement. Mm -hmm. I would go into every speaking engagement saying, I want to connect with the audience. I want to get my stuff across. Yeah, this is who I, I am. This is who I am. And right. so I was like, I'm not trying to do something outside of what I, of do. What I normally do. It's, I was like, this is the same, it's the same thing. It's a little, little contextualizing that's helping here. Right. Yeah. And, um, and the and other I thing know is, how to do that. and I know how to do this, and I'm good at it. Yeah. Like, and, and the other thing that I thought to myself, and this is this actually is one of the things that I tried to do when I wrote my first book, was I was like, if it had been for somebody else, that person would have been called and it wouldn't have been me. This is, okay. Say, wait, say this again? If, if this was something that I couldn't do or wasn't the right thing for me to do or something like that, they wouldn't have asked you to do they it. They wouldn't have asked me to do it. Ah, if they it. didn't have faith, if, if the organizer didn't have faith that I would have been able to carry this and do right. this, he wouldn't have called me. Right. He would have called somebody else. So, no, no, no. We're going to put totally. Denise on a smaller stage because, you know, right. isn't that sweet that she can do that little speaking yeah. thing. Right. But he was like, he was like literally like, you're the first person we, th we you're the person we thought of. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, I love you. Yeah. I love you. There's a, for me over and over and over again in, in my career, people have asked me to do things that I have been convinced I am not ready for. And in those moments, this idea, this is so cool, this idea of choosing what I respond to come up and it's like, okay, well, I don't think I'm ready to do this, but this person that I really respect and who knows their mm. business thinks I can do this. Mm -hmm. And so I'm going to trust them instead of me because actually they have more experience than I do. Right. And I'm going to believe that they asked me because they know what they're doing. And I may not feel like I know, like I'm capable of this, but I don't doubt them. Mm -hmm. So That's I'll cool, just yeah. trust them for now that mm -hmm. they didn't make the wrong choice. 
And recently this came up because I was officiating a wedding in Ooh. Mexico City of one of my very best friends. Oh, you poor thing in Mexico City. That I sounds know. Awful. It was really rough. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because I'm imagining officiating like you wearing a black and white striped vertical stripe referee shirt. Yeah, no. The whistle. I was wearing an orange jumpsuit with turquoise <laughs> accents. Just to be clear, I looked great. <laughs> I was not refereeing. Okay. I was not refereeing the way. Personal foul on the groomsman. <laughs> Orange jumpsuit sounds like a prisoner. It was coral. We'll call it electric coral. Anyway. I was wondering about that. This couple is incredibly... (laughs) We've lost her. Uh, And now I'm I'm imagining like a teal and blue coral... Referee, referee. (laughs) naturally with a with a whistle. That's how they look in Miami. Uh, Right, that's exactly how they do it in Miami. The Mm. dolphins continue with the report. Anyway, the this couple, this wedding was a piece of art, and I had been involved in the conversations about what it was going to look like in the venue and da da da, and it was so beautiful. And this couple is so incredibly intentional about. Everything, like nothing just happens. Everything is sort of like placed there because that's the way that they want it to be. It's like really incredible. It's a testament to sort of intentionality and attention and uh, art and beauty and surrounding yourself with the things that make you feel good, all these things. And I was like, all right, this is mine to blow because they have (laughs) created this incredible thing. And then I roll in and I'm just like... (laughs) I'm going to be the mediocre part of this exquisite thing. Oh. You know, like I was just saying, oh. I'm the ceremony. It's a ceremony and it's not going to meet their vision. And they're so, they have such a vision and it's so beautiful. And like, I don't know that I can live up to that. And mm. they were doing this wonderfully generous and terrifying thing of being like, we totally trust you. We chose you for this. We totally trust you. Whatever you do is fine. And I'm like, you don't know that. What if you think that that's true, but you don't really know that I'm about to take a big dump on your wedding? Like, you have no idea, right? And I called my mom and she was like, Lisa, they didn't choose you so that you could be them. They chose you because you're you. Yeah. And you've Game got on. you without even trying. Yeah. She's like, you can that's walk out of this hotel room right now and officiate a wedding that's great. Like, you don't even need the rest of the... You're just like, you don't... Yeah. You're fine. You've got this because they asked for you. Mm. You can't not be that. Amen, sister. You can't not be it. And this reminds me of your... Of yeah. your, like... You're like, wait, they asked me because they, they want me. me. And, and I'm an expert at being that's, me. I'm, I can be... I, I have my moments. World's best. Yeah. And um, and the best. other... But, the so, but for me, also... It was really, it was really nice because it made me, it helped me get back in touch with, like, I'm, I'm good at this. Mm-hmm. I'm not, I, and I'm not delusional. And yeah. I, because like what, I'm gonna choose not to believe that voice, like that voice. I'm I not gonna. You, but we're not. That's cute. We'll talk about it later. We'll talk about it later. Um, or not. Yeah. Right. It's one of those things. Like, I'll call you later, and then you're like, mm, ghosting. I'm not gonna call yeah. you. <laughs> I'm not gonna Sorry, call you. something came up. <laughs> Oh, I couldn't get my eyes open. Texting Check your like. inner critic. Yeah. yeah, my inner critic. Just I can't, oh, can't make hey, it. Sorry. All right. Sorry. Hey, sorry. Yeah. Whatever. The little prayer emoji. <laughs> Thank you. Really funny. I like text to your inner critic is like a great Twitter feed or something. Oh, like oh, or t- text from your inner critic. Or text from your inner critic. Like what is this conversation? Oh, I'm like? so gonna start. That. Yeah, that's a really great idea. It's, that is that would be awesome. great. Yeah, well, actually, because I actually say in my talk that my inner critic texts me, and I did like a fake text a message text, yeah. thing on the 
on this nice. and I pulled it up and it's just like and it just like says inner critic at the top like who's who it's from and it's like good morning hope you don't mess anything up today <laughs> probably will <laughs> okay <laughs> and I'm like can we talk about this later <laughs> yeah, yeah. can we talk about this later like, I actually I have a book to write right actually, now actually I'm busy I'm yeah. busy doing a thing so the thing that was so cool back to your question Ted which we you know totally like just skated right over but how was it received mm-hmm. and so the th- amazing thing was just kind of all of the stuff on you know comments on instagram and facebook and and whatnot that came back and a couple on twitter but people don't use twitter anymore apparently um was like just like people like writing things like you know when i i literally signed up to come to this conference because of Brene brown and i was gutted when i heard that she couldn't make it but when you came on the stage and you started talking, I realized that it was your message that I was meant oh, to wow. hear. Oh, wow. I know. I got just goosebumps me just too. saying that. And um, like a couple of people who wrote me and said, I actually did like a crowdfunding campaign so that I could come to this conference, pay for this conference so I could see Brene Brown. But I like your message was so powerful. It really hit me. And I'm just so thankful that That's you were able to affirming. come. And thank you so much for coming. And I was just like, wow. That's incredible. It's it was it was phenomenal. Yeah, congratulations. It was phenomenal. Thank you. And so um I just feel like for me it was like booster shot mm-hmm. of exactly what it was like vitamins for the soul mm-hmm. of like, okay, let's stop being small. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was like, I've been Go I've ahead. been being small, like trying not to like be overwhelmed, you know, just your thinking. powers have been growing. <laughs> yes. Um, and now I'm like, let's, but that was a big step. Let yeah. us, let us unleash let's the go. beast. And are you still, unleash that, the Kraken? You, you still on schedule for next year? Uh, or does I, that I'm use your chip? I'm not sure. I think I might have yeah. swapped places. Right, okay. right, right. Um, but we'll see. Yeah. Um, but, uh, well, now, they'll, so now they'll be cool. like, we wanted to get Denise Jacobs, um, but yeah. we had to get Brene Brown yeah. instead. So. <laughs> got to fill in Denise, for Denise. Can't come, so, but Brene. Yeah. I, I have a, They'll be like, I was gutted to find out that Denise could make up Brene. I'm super happy. And your message is exactly what I needed. It's, it's okay, too. Yeah. 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 I, have yeah. A, I have a question about your book, which maybe is our last question to explore. We may get into it for a little bit. But when I first saw your book... Mm-hmm. I had a resistance to the word banish. Mm-hmm. In, in my understanding, the way I've learned mindfulness, the notion is to be with what is. And mm-hmm. so if the inner critic is there to say, okay, the inner critic is here. Let I me incorporate you. this. Let me integrate this. Let me befriend it. Like Rumi's guest house. Exactly. Invite it in. Invite mm-hmm. it in. Make tea for it. Sit down and talk with it. And that banishing would might lead to repression or... Mm-hmm you know, the shadow kind of getting stuffed into a bag and then coming out later in some more vicious or destructive fashion. Mm-hmm. So can you help me understand that a little bit? Like, where does what does banish mean to you? And where does it fit in with self-compassion? Those kinds of questions. All those things. Okay, so, um, so part of why I told that story of where I got the term, the kind of phrase banish your inner critic was to say, I liked it's I when I heard it it was something that kind of that resonated with me mm-hmm. um and and something that has you know is a term and and a kind of a phrase that I've been using since like 2009 or 2011 when I wrote an article for a list apart and it's called was called banishing your inner critic um and got like a lot of really great response for cool. but when I started writing the actually about halfway through the book um you know I'd written about half of it and I still didn't I still didn't know exactly why the process worked. 
I knew that I knew that the stuff that I was saying was helpful and that it did work. I didn't know why. Mm -hmm. And so, um, you know, kind of midway through the process, I ended up doing another big research push. And that's what ended up leading me to mindfulness and self-compassion. Mm -hmm. I hadn't started off there. It ended up happening kind of midway. And when I discovered how powerful mindfulness was kind of from a, a neuroplasticity standpoint, and then also how mindfulness and self-compassion work together, I was like, I've got it. Like, this is like, like, like a three-legged stool. Yeah. Like, this is like the tripod upon which this actually now works. The, the three legs being? Neuroplasticity, mindfulness, and self-compassion. Okay. And so uh, one of the things that I ended up saying, and I actually, it's interesting, I had written um, Kristen Neff, who is the author of the book Self-Compassion, mm. and told her, like, she was right, doing a workshop, was actually out here, and I was like, I really want to come to this workshop and this, and I'm writing this book, Vanishing Your Inner Critic, and she wrote back, and she was like, banishing sounds like that's a little too, a little 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 too much, a little harsh, and, you know, maybe you would reconsider the title, or, um, you know, and I was just like, and I was just like, it's kind like the the wheels are already you know in place for this sorry yeah, I, I think this is called this. That's, yeah. that's, this was this called this and but you know but it, and and then conversations that i had with ted and i and i was like okay well let me like rethink this and so or let me like consider this and so one of the things that i came to and i even wrote about in the book is i was like you're never, first of all, the inner critic is never going to go away completely, right? Mm. So the goal is not for your inner critic to not exist. Your goal is for it to not be so loud. Mm. I mean, for me, at least, I was like, the goal is so that it is quieter, so that that part of your brain that is the self-evaluation, self-judgment, behavior modification and everything, that it's just not so active when you need it to not be active. Mm. Like when you need it to like be, to simmer down, that you've got ways you to make it simmer down. You know how to do down. that, yeah. Your inner critic is always going to pop up. And in a lot of cases, one of the kind of um, new research and new stuff that I'm working on is that the inner critic will actually pops up in some ways more the higher you up you get up the ladder. The more successes you have, the mm -hmm. more you achieve, the more responsibility you have, the more you're pushing your comfort zone and being bigger, the louder your inner critic is going to get. It's not going to go away. Mm -hmm. So it's more about learning, having that toolkit mm -hmm that arsenal mm -hmm. or beanbag pillow 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 fort fort, fort yeah. um to be able to to deal with it so um so you know in a lot of ways banish your inner critic is it's kind of a misnomer of a term okay for it's what not, you're actually for asking what people i'm actually to do. what i'm actually inviting people to do and giving them tools for is to make their inner critic like that's why i say silence the voice Right. You're not you're not getting rid of it. You're not making it go away. You're not suppressing it yeah. or anything like that. You're saying, "I see you." It's just like that. And I'm going to pay attention to something else right now. Boom. Yeah. yeah. Just like, and that's do why I, that's thing. why I have people do the hand thing because it's like, here's your inner critic. It's still there, and it's still there. But if you're focused on something else, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Well, it's like right? that story of, so much. of your flow state working on the website. It's like, it, it's re it's really getting me like the. If you if all you're doing is responding to inspiration of like, oh, this is cool. What could it be? This is fun. I think this looks pretty. This is great. And the voice that's not there is like, but is that good enough? And but will people mm -hmm. like this? Mm -hmm. And right, like all of the evaluative stuff that that creeps in in our attempt to be in our desire and, and sort of need to be 
loved and approved of. Mm-hmm. But if it's like, yeah, but if if that's not what I'm doing this for right now, then I just get to I just get to love what I'm doing. Just mm-hmm. get to play. Yeah. Yeah. And I realize my my one of the ways that I silence my inner critic is I allow myself to not be any good. Right. Wow. And that's actually one of the things I teach in my creativity that's workshops. Right. I'm like, be bad on purpose. Be bad. Just be As bad. As a matter at of this. fact, I did that during my when I was writing CSS Detective Guide, I kept having a you know, still a recovering perfectionist and it's still there. Mm-hmm. But I was having these moments, I was like, I've got to write a good chapter. This book has got to be good. Yeah. La la. And it was like really and it blocking you me. writing, yeah. And so I was like, you know what? I am going to write a crappy sentence. Yeah. And then I'm going to write a really bad paragraph. And this chapter section is going to suck. And this chapter is going to be awful. And I don't care. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And when I just let myself be bad, and and it it made a big difference. And so it's actually interesting because a lot of the the stuff that especially um, you know when I really started getting into teaching more about creativity in 2011 and you know 2012 2013 when I started doing workshops and stuff, a lot of the things that I taught were practices that I actually used myself. Mm-hmm. It wasn't that I was just like out there you know finding stuff. Oh, this a really great exercise like no I actually did this I did this yeah. I it did works. this and I know it works I know it works when you when I would take walks and I would talk to the spirit of the idea I know it works when you meditate I know it works when you capture your ideas and when you're in the shower like I know this stuff works I know mm-hmm. it works when you capture ideas when you wake up when you do yep. sleep incubation and mm-hmm. you know I was like I know this works because I've done it yeah this is how yeah. this is what's been really effective for me yeah, yeah. I want to play devil's advocate to my devil's advocate which is that I want to say that I also like the idea of having this fierce boundary protector to say to the inner critic, "You are not welcome here. Get out." It's yeah. not to say I'm going to kill you, right? But like, you are not welcome. I'm protecting this sacred space mm-hmm. of, crea- of, of creativity, creation. and you're not welcome right now. And I, like you said, I'll talk to you later. But I sort of love that. Point. We'll talk about this later. We'll talk about this. So one of the things that I, I recommend in the book is that um, I, I like to make a distinction. A lot of times people are like, I totally need my inner critic. My inner critic helps me and helps me stay on track. Helps track. motivate me. It right? helps motivate me. And so one of the things that I like to propose is that there is a difference between your inner critic and your inner evaluator. Uh-huh. And so mm. your inner evaluator, if you guys seen that Ira Glass quote, quote where he's just like, you know, there's this part of you that knows what's good and everything, and you're just not quite up to being able to do that. Your skill level is not there. Yeah. But that part of you that knows what's good, that part of you kind of pushes you forward. Yeah. I like to think of that part of you as your inner evaluator. And assessor. Or it's an yeah. assessor, like your inner evaluator who's just like, I know what's quality. I know what I know what's good writing. I know yeah. what's good improv. I know what's, you know, whatever. And I know I'm not doing it right uh, now. Or, or like, yes, but instead of being like, you suck and I can't believe you're not doing a better job. And you don't deserve to be writing this book. You don't deserve to be writing the writer's books. says, what if you try this? Hmm. Very yes, Andy, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What if, how about we do this thing? Yeah. Let's try this. Okay, the next scene, why don't we make sure you pay attention to the last thing they said or whatever. It's almost an inner coach. It it's like an inner coach. Who can who has the perspective to see what's mm-hmm. going well, what's not going well, and then like gives you tips to like Boom. try stuff out. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Exactly. And so and so in a lot of ways, much like that, like how a coach would be like, look, you know, with a team, be like, look, everybody, like 
we're not don't talk to the team right now because we're focused on you know we're on a, in our huddle or we you know we got to go into the locker room and, and, you, like, and you don't let a heckler sit in the bleachers while you're coaching your team right or if they're too disruptive you ask them to leave you get yeah. Them out yeah right yeah. and so in the same way I feel nice. like that part of you that knows that stuff and does actually it loves you enough to want to give you guidance to yeah. do it and is also willing to protect you from from detract, dis, detractors. That's a great right. distinction because I could I could see in myself the resistance to, but wait, I want to be able to improve. I want to be able to have that that discerning function in me to say, oh, I want to get better. I want to see. So to be able to preserve that and even enthrone it or extol it or enlarge mm-hmm. it to say, no, let me give it, let me, give, let me promote you mm-hmm. to be a good coach yeah. as opposed to being a critic. Mm-hmm. Because... Also, Critics aren't motivating. Yeah, right. When you're a coach, you're also in it. Mm-hmm. Right. The critic you're is invested. like, I'm just going to sit on the sidelines and with my arms crossed. It really like, is like a heckler. Mm-hmm. It's like your inner yeah. like heck, like that jerk who's like sitting around being like, no, boring. Mm-hmm. You know, and you're like, right. get the fuck out of here. Like, have you, like, I'd love to see you get on the stage. Yeah, come on up. And, and do this, yeah. right? Like, I always tell people... When people are like, yeah, I'm just worried about whether somebody's going to criticize it. I'm like, if it's if they're that concerned about it, then they can come and fix it. Yeah. I was like, if you if you want to come and do all the editing for my book and find all of the errors, I'm more than happy to have you do it. Yeah. yeah. You can and, find all the errata. And if there weren't any critics, you wouldn't be pushing any boundaries. Right. Right. It's like if you're doing good stuff, people are going to re- people, people are going to react and get get rubbed the wrong way. And right. like, or I should say, if you're doing provocative stuff. Right. Somebody's not going to like it. Bless their hearts. Yeah. No. Right. And and we're not for everybody. Yeah. Right. We are not for everybody. Yeah. And I'm like, and I'm okay with that. Yeah. You know, if somebody was just like, I didn't think your talk was very good. I'd be like, great. Cool. I hope you found one that you really like. I know. I like. I'm sure you liked other folks. Yeah. I'm. I'm not for mm-hmm. every single person in the theater, but for the people who I am for, I am for you. Like yeah. I am here for you. Yeah. Mm, that's cool. Yeah. That's cool. Awesome. Well, thanks for answering that question. Banish your inner critic is Denise's book. Yeah. What's the What's our subtitle over there? Uh, Silence, Silence the voice of self doubt to unleash your creativity and do your best work. That's great. Right. Where can somebody get that book, Denise? So it is available on Amazon. Uh, Amazon. Amazon. And actually, if you go to innercriticbook.com, it's the book website, um, and you can find other sellers. So it's also available through Barnes & Noble, Books A Million, um, through my publisher's website. Do they? Can they buy it directly from you to give you maximum profits? Uh, I would much prefer it if you just bought it from Amazon or you bought it from the publisher. Okay. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Can they come, like, camp outside your home and... It, you know, if the, you know what they can do is they, you know what people can do is they can invite me to speak at their companies oh, if their company is having a great. corporate engagement, cool. or if there's a conference that you think I would be great to keynote, or if you would like me to do a workshop or a retreat, yeah, um, or a training, um, be lovely, happy to talk to you about it. How do they get in touch with you? You can go to my website denisejacobs.com. Great. You can email me. Denise at denisejacobs.com. On Twitter and Instagram, I'm Denise Jacobs. LinkedIn, Denise R. Jacobs. And on Facebook, my fan page is denisejacobs.com, all written out. Awesome. On the Disney website, Denise Jacobs Princess. And Princess. (laughs) Yes. On the Marvel website, Uh, your superhero name. Oh, my superhero name is... Captain Marvel? No. Creativetra? Creativetra. (laughs) Creativetra? Creativitron. <laughs> Creativitron. <laughs> that's my, no, that's my Transformer name. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Creativitron. 
Awesome. Denise, thank you so much for chatting with us. Oh my God. How I'm lucky. Such a delight to awesome. be with you guys. Yeah, yeah. It's a treat to have you here. I'm psyched that you stopped by on your on your junk on your your junket. In my junket. That's and now right. you get to go home. You get to go home and see my kitties. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, it's gonna be great. All right. Well let's sign off. It's been huh? a pleasure and off we go. I love that. I could have kept going for a long time. If, if I didn't have to go teach a class, I would have enjoyed that as well. I mean, I would have enjoyed it regardless, even if I did have to go teach yeah, a class. Yeah, I get it. We can't, these can't, they can't go on forever. Yeah. They've all got to come to an end. Everything does. The journey includes the end. Whoa. More profundity from the Monster Baby podcast. <laughs> what are you, what are you taking away from this I time just, with Denise? I, just, just this idea that you can choose what you pay really you can choose what you pay attention to and are you responding to your inspiration or are you responding to your your doubts yeah and and both are there and you can you can respond to your doubts that's your choice yeah or you can respond to this other thing and different things will be possible based on what you're responding to cool it's like you know you have two wolves and whichever one you feed grows stronger mm-hmm. it's like that you feed it with your with your attention sure so that felt cool I just I love that feed it with your attention and also your um what you choose to buy into, right? What you believe. So it's your attention and your belief. Yeah, and part of it is this, I really loved the way she was talking about, no, get, get out, not right now. We'll talk about this later. Yeah. This, this, this idea of actually envisioning and embodying your critic and sending them out. Yeah. <laughs> Send is, them out. This is what's sticking with me is the notion of, it's almost like coaching or transforming the inner critic into a coach. So it's like, you've got some skills in her critic. You see some things that are actually, can be very helpful for me, or you're at least related to somebody who does. But maybe the, maybe the inner critic can't be converted or healed or whatever. It's like, so then you just set boundaries. But to cultivate this part of us internally that is discerning and wants to improve and wants to yeah. assess, like get that stronger, because that part can be like, this awesome coach. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. To be a self-coach. Yeah. And so then that gives the inner critic even less room for its berating and its harshness. Like, it just doesn't fit anymore. It doesn't fit here. Yeah. I mean, it reminds me, you know, it's like all of those voices were born to protect us from vulnerability and punishment and all that stuff. So it's like, yeah, there's a good seed underneath that behavior. But like, until you figure out how to, how to, you know, it's like even the biggest bullies are acting from a place of pain. Mm-hmm. You still don't get to bully people. Right. Right? So it's still yeah. like, well, while you're behaving that way, you're not allowed at school. You're yeah. not allowed to hear. Yeah. That's an interesting question. What would be the pain that the inner critic is judgment. judging you from? You judged right? yeah, at some point. So from... it's like, hold on. Who do you think you are? No, no, no. Right. no. Whoa, yeah. whoa, whoa, whoa. Play smaller so you don't stick your neck out. Yeah, cool. That all makes good sense. Wow. Whew. Yeah, I loved it. I thought that was so cool. All right. I like when we have visitors come in. Me too. Fun to, fun to get some perspective. Yeah. And uh, this one was so directly tied into what we do. I mean, oh we didn't explicitly talk about improvisation, but of course it's like, it's, it's so... all embedded in there. Right there. Um, so go get her book, everybody. Banish Your Inner Critic with Denise Jacobs. Yeah. Check it out. She's a rock star. And uh, speaking of books, <laughs> <laughs> if, you, if you'd like to read a book based on this podcast, check out Playful Mindfulness. Playful at, Mindfulness by one Ted DeMaison. Yeah, playfulmindfulness.info. I'm hoping that this gets up in time. Today's May 23rd, 
And uh, Tuesday, May 28th, the Kindle version of the book, Playful Mindfulness, is going to be on sale for $1.99. Can you believe that? That's a that's a good price, people. $1.99? Are you out of your mind? <laughs> so spread the word. Uh, let other people know because we'd love to get it out to more folks. And uh, it's going to be on sale for two days, 28th and the 29th. Go get it. Anything you need to uh, plug or pass along? I don't think so. Everything's good. Okay. Yeah. All right. We're still cooking up a retreat, so just plant that seed in your mind, folks. Yeah. If you think, hey, I'd like to spend five days with Lisa and Ted playing or, with this stuff. Or two. We don't know how long it's going right. to be. Or two or three. We don't know. Yeah. Uh, Some days. Some if you time. have a preference, let us know. Yeah. At info at monsterbabypodcast.com. Yeah. And then uh, we'll go from there. But yeah. Until the next time, people. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you later. We love you. Big hugs and peace out. <laughs>